0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. The Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs. With Mully and Haw. Biggs time. The Biggs Report. With Brad Biggs. Biggs time. Biggsy. His name is Brad Biggs.
1: Brad Biggs talks football with you. <laughs> Mully and ha, Chicago Sports Radio, 670. The score, Zach is in for Mully today. Time now to go out to our hotline, Signature Bank Score hotline, Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal, and that is where we find the football man from the Chicago Tribune, longtime friend of the show, our guy, Brad Biggs. Morning, Brad. How are you? Morning, boys. What's going on? Doing well. Well, yesterday, let's just get right to it. We had a conversation in the morning. I thought it was a good one. I thought we talked about Justin Fields, where he is headed, what he has to do. I think what you said about his growth and still uh, his potential to get better sounded very similar, Brad, to what Ryan Poles had said before Sunday's game with Jeff Joniak. And the reaction, I'm sure you felt some of it. Uh, We talked about it. How would you describe what you felt yesterday after our conversation in the morning?
2: I mean, it's like you you criticize the quarterback, and people say that you can't criticize the quarterback because the offensive line is deficient, they've allowed the most sacks in the league because the wide receivers are not any good, and i I think the I think the conversation that football people at Hollis Hall are going to have at the end of the season is they're going to make a total evaluation of everything they're going to evaluate the line play and come to the realization that they need to do more. They're going to evaluate the receivers and see that they need to do more. They're going to evaluate the quarterback, and they're going to look at some of the areas where Justin Fields clearly needs to get better. You know, you can't go to Detroit and go 7-21 per 75 yards against one of the league's worst defenses. Yes, the protection was terrible. There were a season-high seven sacks, an elite quarterback's got to find a way to – he makes plays here and there, and it might not be big-time plays routinely. He might not throw for uh, 300 yards regularly, but he but he comes up with some plays here and there. What we saw in that game was the 60-yard run that he had, uh, which was dynamic uh, like all the other long runs he's had this season. And we saw the play where they lined them up as a tailback. That was 40% of their offense. Um, it's an 11-man effort when they throw the football. And none of the 11 have been uh, good enough. They're, everyone is going to have to be improved. They are last in the league in throwing the football this season. and they're And it's not your run-of-the-mill, 32nd-ranked, passing offense in in terms of the statistics it's going to be one of the worst passing offenses of the last 3 decades and unless uh unless Nathan Peterman uh blows up on Sunday against the Vikings who are also Uh, terribly ranked on defense
0: yeah and if Nathan Peterman blows up on on Sunday then that's going to leave us with even more questions about why the Bears passing game was so bad for most of this season you have detailed conversations with NFL people can you give us an idea of what it means when they say the quarterback has to play a bigger role in improving the passing game, what exactly do you mean?
2: Well, I think when you just look at this case, you know, there's been look look at what Matt Eberflus said on um, earlier this week. You know, he talked about Fields uh, operating better in the pocket, being able to climb the pocket better. You know, those are things that um, he's probably getting a little bit better at this season, but he's got a Oh, good ways to go, and understandably,
1: we lose Brad. I think we just lost Brad there. Not sure, what? Uh, there he is. he back, Brad. You there? Okay. Well, Briggs is talking about um, what he has gleaned talking to other NFL executives about Justin Fields. You know what
0: happened is those executives just said we don't want Brad to reveal the secrets. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but he's got to climb the pocket. He's got to manipulate the pocket better. And he's got to move from, um, he's got to move through his reads a little bit cleaner. And it's something that Mitch struggled with. You know, you look, one thing you look at with the bears this season is the running backs haven't caught very many passes and one, not the only, but one, I think contributing factor is that he hasn't gotten to the check down. Um, maybe is. Many times, as he or the coaches would like, you get to that check down, you save some wear and tear on the body when you're not scrambling out of the pocket and being tackled or scrambling out of the pocket and being uh, pushed out of bounds. You talk to guys around the league with different clubs, and there's a there's a whole, you know, mixed bag of sort of opinions and reactions and thoughts as to what fields can become as the Bears quarterback. Some think that uh, he's got the potential uh, to be electric and way more dynamic with better talent around him, which is going to take the Bears some time. Uh, others are not uh, are not convinced of that, but um, it's going to be up to Ryan Poles. Um, and his staff and what they can do to make this offense as a whole better across the board and then how the coaches work with Justin and how he develops in what's going to be year two in the offense, right? This is his third offense in three seasons when you talk about what he was in at Ohio State in 2020 last year and now this year with uh, Luke Getze and Andrew Janoco.
1: So, Brad, we had a good text earlier that was looking at Sunday's game as still an entertainment opportunity. So, if they're going to the game, the question was, <laughs> what do they look for? What, what's something significant or interesting even to watch if you are a Bears fan trying to consume Sunday's three hours of football?
2: Well, so I'm assuming they would not find it interesting if the Bears ended a uh, eight-game NFC North losing streak. Maybe not.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say the fake punt because it needs to be a fake punt.
2: Well, yeah, no, I mean, and that's that's got to be on the table. Like, like there, and you think about that. And I actually mentioned this to uh, Richard Hightower, the special teams coordinator in passing yesterday. Is like <laughs> he's he's got a very finite number of opportunities remaining <laughs> if he wants to, if he wants to run a fake. And uh, he pointed out that they punted seven times last week at Detroit. And I said, that was a season high number of punts for Trenton Gill. Um, typically he's only going to get about, I, I, I would bet the average is five um, you know, five in a decimal with a little bit of change there at the end. So maybe they have to consider something on a field goal. Um, but um, we'll see if he's got any, you know, at this point though, they're three and 13, right? Uh, a win, you know, while it would make the coaches probably feel better and it would make the players definitely feel good. Uh, do you, this, if Hightower's got a fake, he really likes, like, I can't wait to, when I get the right look, I can't wait to break this one out. Why in the world would he use it when they're ten games below five hundred? It's a great question. You, you know, like I mean, you'd use it in a in a game where early next season, where a win matters a hell of a lot more. Because that's just it. You you throw your uh, the fake that you've been uh, you know tweaking and working on for a while, and you really like. And again, you need the right. You got to get the right show from the defense to run it, but the idea kind of have to store it for a little bit more uh, have some uh, fun. Important ball game. Let it out. I, it, well, I encouraged him. You know, we'll see. <laughs> he tried, Fred. But it's kind of it's it's kind of an on and off joke I have with Hightower. So uh, when I say encouraged him, it's it's more like kidding with him. Brad, uh,
0: I don't think uh, anyone was laughing watching Chase Claypool throw his sideline tirade in Detroit. We had a a chance this week to finally hear his side of the story. What do you make of it? Uh, Because for me, at least, I like the fact that you had a player show visible anger and passion that nothing was going right against one of the worst defenses in football. I want to see more of that because I I think there has to be a little bit more anger. You cannot accept what we've witnessed this season from the Bears offensively.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what, they've managed to turn sort of a head-scratcher situation into what looks like a positive. The first thing that was positive, I think we talked about it, maybe Monday morning was the the way that uh, Justin Fields sort of explained what he saw happen and what his message for Claypool was, right? You heard, you know, he just sounded, it, it, it was right after the game and it was so like smooth and natural um, and and I guess polished, I guess the word I want to use, it was so polished that you're like, Geez, did this guy get coached up on on how he was going to deliver this? But you knew he didn't, right? So that's how that's how impressive it was with kind of how Fields addressed it with what Claypool said yesterday. Yeah, that's a that if he was uh, upset about not getting the football, that's a great way to spend it. That um, we're upset that we're getting um, our teeth kicked in by uh, the Detroit Lions. So yeah, I think I think what you're alluding to is you want to see a little more fire. Um, and, uh, you know, that was what people used to say about lovey all the time. And it's like, well, lovey's not Ditka. Um, but, um, that's, that's fine that what they got to see next year from Claypool is, is more, um, production. There's, there's just no way that this, um, this thing's worked out like the bears would have hoped to this point. And then the knee issue, uh, cost them a little bit of, uh, a little bit of time, but, um, he's just he's just not getting anything done out there on the field. So Brad,
1: we know Justin Fields will be unable to break the single season rushing record for quarterbacks because he's not playing on Sunday, but I believe the Bears can still set the franchise record for uh rushing yards in a season and if they do and able to make that kind of history, you look at the offensive line and that's a very odd Dynamic and somewhat of a contradiction. They will make history with a positive record for rushing yardage so they can run block to the point where they have been historically good. And yet, I don't think that you can look at this offensive line and guarantee that any one of those five guys, whoever they may be starting on Sunday, whoever the main starters are, that are capable of being replaced next year.
2: Yeah, that's the that's the big problem, you know, cause the, any way you slice it, they're completely deficient pass blocking. And, uh, yet the rushing totals are, uh, terrific. And one of the reasons the, um, rushing totals are terrific is because fields has been able to, um, create so much. And it, it started out, um, with just the scrambles. And then they worked in, uh, the designed runs, and you know, you look at it, and they're they're approaching 2,900 yards of uh, rushing offense, and, and Fields has got 11:43. So, I think um, his unique skill set with the size, the speed, and the power is is the primary reason why they're closing in on this. This isn't a traditional. Um, ground game that that's, um, you know, like what you'd see from the Tennessee Titans when they've put up some huge numbers here, the last couple seasons, using Derrick Henry, um, David Montgomery should, should reach, uh, 800 yards on Sunday. Um, and Khalil Herbert should reach 700 and Herbert's missed. Uh, they both missed a little bit of time. Herbert missing a little bit more, uh, than Montgomery, but I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think you'd feel a little bit different about the run blocking if you had a pair of running backs at a thousand yards each and a quarterback that had run for four hundred yards because I just fields has been able to do so much um unblocked or or with catching a block from one guy in one particular spot that um you give credit to the offensive line for a good portion of this, but this isn't them uh, necessarily steamrolling guys up front week in and week out. They have had some games along the way where they have run blocked very well. There's no question about that. But overall, yeah, they're, they're going to have their work cut out for them from a personnel standpoint in terms of trying to upgrade that unit.
0: Brad, you mentioned earlier in talking to people around the league that there's some people who believe that there is so much more that Justin Fields can do and he can become even more dynamic and explosive as a player. And then you mentioned that you talk to other people around the league and they say that this is not something that is sustainable and and they're not sure if you can build around him and, and go to that next level. Is there such a debate taking place behind closed doors at Hallis Hall? Do they know the answer?
2: I mean, I don't know that they know definitively, but I think they feel like they've got a real opportunity here. And, um, that's, that's what matters. And, and he's, the flashes are there. Okay. The flashes are there, but, um, they, they've, uh, they did a really poor job of outfitting the offense this season, right? You know, I, I don't, I don't know that they would admit it, but um, when when you sign two veteran offensive linemen right before training camp and they end up playing a decent amount of time, Riley Reif and Michael Schofield, um, how did how did you put yourself in that position where you were needing to hit the street to get a couple of guys uh, right before camp started? And and reef reef probably didn't sign earlier in the off season because he was coming off an ankle injury that he suffered late in the year as with the Bengals last season. But I just uh, you, you know they've they've got to be better. They've and they've done the they've done this. Part of the schedule for polls where they've gotten rid of players right they've let players go they've got to get into the business of accumulating players here uh, after this season ends and um, and and do better because you put whoever there at quarterback and I think we'd have some of the very same conversations right now where you're saying i i don't know I'm not sure um, what he can be, I, I I do believe that what they're currently doing is not sustainable because the quarterback uh, can't get hit that much, whether it be in the pocket or on the run, because it just doesn't it just doesn't lend itself um, to sustainability. And the reality is, you've got to be able to throw the football in the National Football League uh, to win. And and these guys uh, have, can't do it well enough at all and certainly haven't been able to do it when they've been pushed in the obvious passing situations. We've seen that at the end of ballgames. So they've got to get better across the board.
1: Quickly, Brad, in 60 seconds, two things. Number one, what can you tell us about the story you are going to be posting later today on ChicagoTribune.com about the Bears' draft options, and the look at the possible quarterback position, and what is your pick for Sunday's outcome?
2: Well, the pick, uh, the pick is the Vikings, and I, I just don't know what to make of this. Uh, with um, you know the Bears missing so many players, and you're wondering how motivated Minnesota will be. I think I had Minnesota twenty-seven to ten, but yeah, I'm, you know, it's it's more of uh, putting on a blindfold and throwing a dart than it is most weeks. And then I like, think when you look ahead to the draft. Um, you've just you've got to if you're going to talk about a best player available approach. Ryan pulses has got to look at everything, especially when you're at the top of the draft. He's got to make sure that he doesn't let the next Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or uh, other super talented quarterback go by him. I'm not suggesting that there's a high possibility that happens at all, but you can't act like. Uh, The Bears are set at that position because, you know, let's say one of these guys turns into the next borough in two or three seasons that gets taken this year, you you would potentially be in a position where you'd look at it and say, well, why the heck when the Bears were picking one or two in 2023, did the guy not take uh, this player? So best player available, you got to live by the rule. Great stuff, Brad.
1: Looking forward to that story. Thank you for joining us. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Sunday. Have a great weekend, guys. Brad Biggs, football man from the Chicago Tribune. Boy, is that interesting. Listen to every MLB game live.
0: In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it
1: is kind.
0: Stream minor league affiliates.
1: The Midwest League home run leader.